and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for whatever we read that week. Amy, this week, what did we read? We read Lonely in Longreach by Eva Scott. For international podcast listeners, Longreach is a it's small a, country town. It's got 1,500 people. Yeah. It's in the in sort the, of central west of Queensland. Kind of a, an outback town. Yeah. yeah. So I think cattle is their main industry and Crops. there's a lot of like the sort of red dirt dry Mm. type mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. I might explain why the heck we yes, read Lonely and Longreach. that's an interesting explanation. So this is a, a contemporary romance set in Australia, which hasn't been something we've read yet. But it's also, there seems to be this genre of like outback romances. There is and- a whole sub genre like there's like kilt romance and I know there's kilt romance but like outback romance is beloved of big w book section and whenever yeah, it's like I a go, department store it's the it's like a it's like, it's like a kmart or target uh, type place yeah yeah and whenever i've gone in there like i'm looking for books for people for presents lonely and longreach has been staring at me from like right. you know books we recommend it has in the, the it has the exact section. cover that you'd expect. You'd expect it to have, yeah. It's got, like, a beardy guy with a big smile and in a Kubra hat leaning on a fence yeah. with, like, the outback behind him. Yeah, I was reading because we read the hard, like, we read the actual physical book and I was reading it the other day, the other night while um, my eldest, Peter, was bathing. He's still young enough that, like, he needs to bath with supervision, right? So I was sitting reading a book and he was splashing about and he goes, Mum, what are you reading? And I went, oh, because I made a noise. I made this noise. Yeah. <laughs> And he went, what's wrong? And I went, oh, I'm reading this book, buddy. And he went, oh, can I see it? And so I turned it around so he could see the words. And then he goes, no, no, the front. Can you show me the front? And so I showed him the front cover with this guy standing there. And he laughed out loud and went, who's that? So I was like, yeah, <laughs> he photo. does look ridiculous. And I just said, oh, I guess his name's Sam. He's the character in the book. I was like, his name's Sam. My child lost it. He laughed so hard for so long. And I was like, what, buddy? Why is that funny? And he went, Sam is Nanny's dog because my mother's dog's name is Is Sam. Sam. (laughs) And my child has never met or heard of a person called and Sam. And it's a photo on the front cover as well, so oh, he must have he been. he just thought it was so funny. So Did that colour your it, reading As I was book? reading the rest of the book, every time I read Sam, I had a little chuckle, like I had this memory of how hard Peter laughed at the fact that the, the character in this romance novel is named after a dog. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> I was like, it's kind of fitting. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this book was not a recommendation. It was a, no. Kimberly, we need to like, Amy wanted this you genre. wanted to do it. You wanted to dive yeah, into I did, so I romance got from it, Kmart. Got it from yeah. the library yep. on hold. I read it. You read it. Boom. So, uh, spoiler free recap. I'll do it. It is set contemporary. In contemporaneously, is that a thing? Yeah, uh, maybe. Whatever. As our viewers have probably picked up from our this is why the heck we read this book. Correct. Basically, our hero is Sam Costello. Costello. He is a cattle farmer in Longreach, and 
when we meet him, he has a, a grown, not a grown-up son, but teenage like son. a teenage son. He's yeah, in high school called Levi. Essentially, what's important about Sam is that five years ago, at the start of the from the start of the book, Sam's first wife and the mother of his child got sick and passed away. So she's been gone for five years, and so Sam and his son live alone on this farm that is like part solar, part cattle. I want to say outside of Longreach. Levi is approaching the age where he's going to graduate from high school and his plan with his very best, best, best friend in the world is to Maddie, Maddie is to move to Sydney and be awesome and have this awesome life. Maddie wants to go and meet this star of like a home and away style soap opery program. Yeah, who's in who is Sydney. originally from Longreach and he lives in Sydney. So yeah. that's why she wants to go to Sydney. Anyway, so that's the dream. But Levi is really conscious of the fact that if he were to leave, his dad would be all alone. Mm-hmm. So Maddie and Levi, mostly Maddie, decide that the way forward is for his dad, Sam, to start dating again and potentially meet someone. If you're thinking that this, this sounds, sounds a lot like Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> yes. That is because it is. It is. Unashamedly. Exactly. Unashamedly. On it, the back of the book. <laughs> yes. It is like, oh, Sleepless in Seattle set in Longreach. Longreach. They set up a profile for him on Outback Singles, which is a fictional, I think it's fictional, which is a fictional dating. We have Yeah. <laughs> dating site for people who live in the outback and are single looking for love. They set up that. They call his profile Lonely Lonely in Longreach. The end of his story. That's a secret. And like as in they do that in secret. They don't tell him. Switch then to our heroine who is Sarah. And she is a journalist who works for uh, like a kind of trashy – yeah, publication like Women's Weekly. No, or, it's called no, like, like it's called like Living in Sydney or Living Live Sydney or whatever, something like that. Okay, right. Um, and she is doing a she's like head of the lifestyle section, and she decides to do a research piece on finding love in the outback because the whatever the show is called in the book. The equivalent of farmer, farmer wants, wants a wife, wife is yeah. really trendy at the yes. moment. It's so hot right now. So yeah. she's going to tap she's into always that. wanted to. She's kind of she has a boyfriend, Greg, who he's she just, a vegan they just, bodybuilder. Yeah, and they just don't have a lot in common. So she's kind of dissatisfied there, and it's like, why am I still doing this? And in her heart of hearts, she has always wanted to move to the country. She's like a city girl raised in the city her whole life, but her heart wants the wide open spaces. And she's sitting on the couch watching this trashy reality television show about farmers wanting to find wives her flatmate is like we should see if there's like any hot farmers and they go on to outback singles and her flatmate pulls up or makes it it makes an account for her like makes a thing up for her her flatmate doesn't like the vegan bodybuilder boyfriend no and so makes up an account for her and calls her solitary in sydney Sydney. (laughs) hey points for the alliteration yeah well Points for or points against. So they do that, and then one of the first matches she gets is Lonely in Longreach. And she sees his picture, and immediately, first time she sees just the photograph, <gasps> the heart his pro- <laughs> profile <laughs> picture, <laughs> she's like, oh, my God, this I've never felt a connection. Like, kind of falls in love with him in that moment. She falls in love with him and then kind of, like, decides to do this research journalist piece so that she can research him more and involve him in her story. And so she reaches out to him, sends him some messages, 
obviously it's the kids, Maddie and Levi, who respond. They orchestrate a way for her to travel out as kind of like doing her research thing for her article. Be a guest article. speaker at my school. Come and be a guest speaker at Maddie and Levi's school. Blah, blah, blah. She goes out there and meets him. The only other kind of side thing that is super like a secondary thing is he's actually decided, Sam's decided off his own bat to go and start dating again. So actually does decide to date one of the young teachers who's out doing her country service. They go out on like one or two dates. She's not really a romantic rival though because pretty much after their second date or whatever, her one of her parents or a grandparent gets sick and she goes home and is like, I don't think I'll be back. And you know from the outset that the – Two protagonists are Sam and Sarah. Absolutely. Like page two. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Like, that's honestly, enough. anything else is too much. And if you've seen Sleepless in Seattle, I feel like you know. Ex- Actually, if you've read a romance novel or seen a chick flick ever, I feel like you know the rest of this novel. It is exactly what you think it's going to be. Yeah. That feels like your review or recommendation, <laughs> as well as a spoiler free recap. <sighs> Sorry. Should we just finish the episode now? Spoilers. Kim didn't love it. Carry on. <laughs> Amy. What did you think, and I'd like you to be totally honest with our listeners in this moment, what did you think of Lonely in Longreach? And would you recommend it? Is the honesty you're searching for how much of the book I read? Yep. Mm. Yes. So I got up to Chapter 6, and it it took me – I gave it a red-hot go. I started it a couple times. I was about to say, you read this for weeks. I carried it with me mm. wherever I was so that I was like, okay, just read the book while you're at the cafe or you're waiting for the Embarrassingly, bus. other people read would know the you book. were reading that book. Yep. Chapter with, 6. Chapter 6. It. So that I think is pretty clear that I don't recommend it. <laughs> because, Why? Because when I was reading it, I knew that Chapter 6, obviously, when you gave it to me, you're like, I'm out. Got up chapter six, see if you can do better. But there wasn't Bye. like an event that had happened no. by that point that no. I was out on. There was almost but nothing that, like, it was still no. really setting setting it all up by okay. then. Okay. I'm, I'm very sorry to the author, but I didn't find it well written enough to push past the I know totally what's going to happen. So there wasn't, just in terms of how the story was delivered, anything that was engaging. Yeah. I didn't find it very interesting. And I found it very cliched and uh, a bit eye-rolly. Oh, right. Oh, this is going to happen. But the main reason was I had, like, physically debilitating cultural cringe. And I don't know if that's a thing that we're so used to hearing about cultural cringe in Australia. I don't know if it's a thing in other parts of the world. That translates to other parts of the world. But it's like, do that voice. It's the, it's the hi, I'm, my name's Sam Costello and I'm from the country in Longreach and I'm looking for love. No one actually talks like, well, actually that's a lie. I've met people who talk like that. You've met one person who talks like that. But it's sort of like that's the voice that I was hearing things in. It's about having a cringe about the way in which your cultural or national identity is being represented. represented. Yes. And that's what it is. It's not saying that you're ashamed of being an Australian. It's about the fact that every Australian cliché from mates down the pub and the way they talk to each other to don't use, don't use that voice. Stop. <laughs> to Stop the voice. Kind of people's attitudes and values all the way through. Everything was a, an Australian stereotype. And, and that, I think, was the problem was I didn't find them 
genuine because I can read. I love stories that happen. I love shows and things that uh-huh. happen in the oh, in Australia. Yeah. I love a story that happens. <laughs> in finishing sentence, you know, we have a lot of time I for the about... outback. We spent like five years of our life living in the outback. Oh, absolutely. So the gateway to the outback. That was the so tagline of our town. It was the the problem is that didn't feel like the author was writing from a place of genuine understanding. And as a result, it felt like it was taking refuge in cliche and that was what was giving me the cringe. So, Mm. like, when he pulls on his RMs and puts on his Akubra and goes down to the pub to talk to his mates... And have like and an excellent like cannery meal. Having a chat about what the missus back at home is going to cook for dinner. I was like... <laughs> and... Yeah, I just found it really. I wondered I found it as really I was challenging. as I was reading it. I know exact. I knew exactly which bits would make me go. Meant, <laughs> meant that you would not be able to continue. But I, as I was reading it, I wondered if it was set in in like modern day Minnesota or something. Not written like that. <laughs> would you have had? It's interesting whether or not it is because it is your culture if that's why you were like, no, I can't take it. Because I think we've read some pretty um, derivative, stereotypical kinds of representations of other cultures and it's not as cringy. So I think cultural yeah. cringe is about your own culture, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah, a really, it's a really good question and I'd love for someone to recommend us a contemporary Australian romance that didn't make you, like for our Australian listeners, yes. that didn't make you cringe. And also I'd love to I would like to get the international feedback. readers to read Lonely and Longreach if you can get hold of a copy because I would be fascinated if someone else reading it is like, no, this seems like such a a quaint, delightful jaunt I into really the outback. I really liked the characters because yeah. I just thought that they were, I mean, he was more interesting and I sort of liked the kids. The kids were okay. Sarah was so cliched in yeah. terms of like, you know, that meeting where they were all at the magazine talking about the things yeah. and the magazine editor was like, yeah. you watch the trailer of Devil Wears Prada and now that's your character in that <sighs> sequence. Yeah. This might be the meanest review Amy's ever given. I'm so glad you made us read it. Because I'm sure that there's content out that would absolutely work, would absolutely resonate. And I've read things. We've read Australian contemporary Australian romance novels that we liked. The and Rosie read, Project was a yeah, contemporary that was fantastic. Australian that was set in Australia, novel. but it wasn't like put on your Akubra and rock down to the pub. Yeah, but here's the mm. thing, though, and this is where maybe you're is being too hard. So if I want to engage in the genre of vampire romance yeah i don't what i'm asking for there or what i an author could very reasonably assume i'm asking for is a romance where the central most important part of what we're reading and how the romance functions and why it functions and all the characters is vampires that should be central because it's not a romance that also happens to have vampires it should be a vampire novel that's like about romance as well. If it's a genre, it should be like defined by that element. So you're saying it? that. So you saying you want should be really clear. So if you're saying if I was like I want to read a outback Australian romance novel or a kilt romance, for example, example, I'm gonna want it to be like as Scottish as hell. I'm gonna want it to be as Aussie as hell. Yeah, I am, but I'm not gonna want it to be. Town mouse goes to country mouse. Oh yeah, and and I don't want it to be based on Sleepless in Seattle. Guess what? I didn't like I didn't Sleepless like in Seattle. Sleep- I didn't maybe, like the movie. Is that like our actual problem? Is the plot about that whole? 
that whole I think like, that plot thing. is and I also think plots that are based on love at first sight just annoy me. They but always have. The I could just I didn't want to sit with a book where it was like this is how we do it in the country and you know the point where he finds out that the kids set the profile and whatever that complication was going to be like, I just didn't want to go on that journey with Fair them. Enough. There wasn't enough complexity in what I was reading to make me want to push through through what was actually really challenging. I've, I have never experienced cultural cringe to that level. Never. <laughs> Even when you were living in the country. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Like the Maddie and Levi sequences were a refuge. It's interesting. I enjoyed those because mm. they weren't about Balmont's um, wife. <laughs> oh, my heart throbs when I see his photograph. Oh, that was so. That's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so Amy does on my not, not recommend Amy does not recommend It's had really good. It's got the, one of the kids looked it up and was like. <gasps> This is like four and a half stars on Goodreads. A lot of things are four and a half stars on Goodreads, and I, yeah. Okay, so my turn. Ask me. Ask me. It's finally your turn. You're Mm going to build on my Mm -hmm. (laughs) non-recommendation because you don't recommend it either. I don't, but But I have more to to say. But I read the whole book, so I feel like I have more more insights, I think. I read the whole book. I will tell you that I would not recommend it to you. Like in terms of how hard it was for you to even get through those six chapters and how many times you tried, yet there's nothing in it that's worth you pushing through. There's nothing in it that you don't expect to be in it. Like it's, yeah, it is exactly what you think it's going to be. I can see that being quite escapist for people if you could remove the massive cultural cringe barrier. I didn't have as much cultural cringe as you did. I was able to just read over the stereotype and be like, whatever, that's fine. There were some moments that were cute and felt quite authentic. I think the author has actually taught out West. I think that's what she's done. The from, kids, well, that's what I was saying. The kids yeah. bit felt like a, a refuge, like that was I, the most genuine bit. It was funny because obviously the kids, Maddie and Levi, have their own little semi-romance story going on where they've been best friends for ages but now they've like reached 16 and maybe they <laughs> maybe they like each other there were some interesting bits in that storyline overall i find it annoying i don't want to read teen romance that's why i didn't pick up a teen romance novel so i i felt a bit tricked when it was like let's go and spend some more time with whether or not maddie and levi can sort their crap out i'm like they can't spoilers they can't they're 16 no one sorts it out at 16. They've got years ahead hey, of them before they sort anything do. out. I actually found them a bit annoying. I found that whole mm, kind of thing okay, a so bit annoying. Okay, so post six chapters it gets to I be, was just yeah. like, oh, just shut up. Because then it's a whole, we're fighting now because she doesn't like me. She wants to be popular. It's just tedious teenageness that I was. I don't feel like I need more of that in my life. So that actually did irritate me. I found the children annoying. Sarah gets better when she gets to the country. Okay. Yeah. I, that I, got better once they had actually met and you saw her more in Longreach. That got better. The Longreach characters also got a bit better as the book went on. They, uh, they're falling in love as this kind of predestined love at first sight thing that was definitely going to happen. Was it had some interesting moments, but I didn't find it particularly compelling. And then they try and fabricate the obstacle, obviously, is <laughs> that the person she was talking to online wasn't him it was the kids it was a little bit the it was unbel- it was not believable mm, like it okay. was not convincing the way they dealt with it not convincing so at the end of it i was like if you were a hallmark film that had 
some actors in it who I liked and didn't find super annoying. I probably would have watched you and fallen asleep halfway through and then woke up again on a Sunday afternoon. Do you know what I mean? And it would have been fine and inoffensive and not a problem. But you can't really read a book like that. Like a book takes more time and more concentration and more effort and more imagination and more brain power than just being a vegetable in front of the box, right? So in terms of that, I was like, okay, you happened. I did not find it like you – you anti-recommend it. You don't recommend it in a vehement way. You didn't finish it. You tried hard. It defeated you. I don't actually hate this one that bad. I didn't I didn't yeah. love it. Okay. I didn't love it. I wouldn't recommend it. Like, God, if you came to me and said, I want to read an Australian romance novel, this one is never going to come up on my list of recommends. I'd love someone to give it a crack. It's But it's inoffensive. Like, I actually did find it pretty inoffensive. I wasn't... I wasn't overly offended by the cultural side of it. I it wasn't is stereotyped. offended by the cultural side of it. I don't offended's probably the wrong word. I mean like it didn't annoy me. It wasn't that big a barrier. It I yeah. I rolled all the way through and made like yes. audible sounds of derision that my child heard. So like definitely I had moments where I was like, "Oh my god." So, yes, I didn't love it. I will never read it again ever. I think it is trash. I think there are much better books to read, even if you just want something frivolous and silly. But if you're like, whoa, I want to know what cultural cringe is, give it a go. But you have to tell us. Please send us a, like a tweet or an email and just be like, very detailed. Read long reach, read lonely and long reach. Here are my thoughts. Okay. So I feel uh, like trash. That's, we've covered it. Trash. Trash. <laughs> I feel like we've covered it. Yeah. So get in and have a crack at that and let us know how you go or let us know what you're reading at all and we'll get on board and have a read of that too. So. That's all we have time for. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Tune in with us again next week. We will give you more spoiler-free reviews, recaps, maybe recommendations, maybe the worst review Amy's ever given a book ever. You just don't know what you're going to get. Until... Yeah, see, you think you will. You think, <laughs> oh, Amy's going to recommend everything, but no, there are some things I don't recommend. I want someone to go back, or I suppose I could do it, go back and actually tally, like, up. tally up. I think you are a pretty high percentage recommend. Until then, our darling and dearest listeners, happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.